Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. This week, I think we're going to continue with last week, where we sort of just mix it up a bit. We've got these different sources of random words now all in our little Discord bot, so uh, we might pull some uh, ramped-up click pitch. We might pull some what three words. Maybe we'll jump into our sneaky little movie or something. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But uh, let, let's start with some ramped up click pitch. So, ramped up click pitch is a game where we each click on on three to one click. We each click on our random random word generated Discord bot. We get two words. We get an adjective and a noun. We throw them at each other. We combine those two words to make a four word sandwich. And that four word sandwich turns into a game design. And then when that game design doesn't work, then we throw it all away and we start again with that or something new. Yeah, once it reaches its natural conclusion and we've wrung all the sandwich juice out of it to stretch that metaphor, uh, we'll uh, we'll go on to something else. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Stimulating iron. Okay. Grey gold. Ooh, I- I've... I've just got this this image of of like a stylistic sort of black and white uh, survival game where where you're sort of going through a Ooh. gold rush sort of thing, and yeah, and okay. you, it's got that sort of the different old timey filters, so you can have sepia, you can have you know just yeah, pure black and white, um, return of the Oberdin kind of way. Yep. Yeah, but not in a not in a grainy sort of way. I think in a in a high right. def black and white, you know, and it's almost cinematic. I like the idea of you know a gold rush. So it's you know Ooh. set in the eighteen hundreds, but it's a it's like a a survival sort of game in in that sort of time period. I do like the idea of a survival game based around the gold rush, like that. Sort of adds that extra little bit of it of of you know maybe starting off panning for gold and you know whether you on your own or team up with others to then you know mine you know once you start you find a good vein and now it's time to actually build that mine dig into the earth mine carts through the earth. I know that you said grey gold, but I I kind of would like to separate that. So, grey and iron and stimulating, that sort of stuff, sort of gave me the idea. But then gold, I kind of like the idea that if you find gold, it pops out on the screen, like, to the point that you actually see, like, a metallic gold. So, it's it's your kind of gold sense of, if you find gold, you know that it's gold because it it pops with the colour. I like that idea of... Yeah, I I wonder how... How much it would work if, yeah, literally the whole game is in black and white and until you see gold. Like, gold's literally the only colour that comes through, or yeah. if it's just that most of the game is more desaturated and muted. And there's, so like, that- a there's like a filter on that, that little gold range. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just anything- <laughs> Anything specifically that's gold- has a has a different shader on it or something that that lets it come through or however that would work technically, but uh, that's cool because yeah, I definitely like that. You know, you're you're mining through the earth. I'm sort of picturing a you know deformable terrain 
situation. Uh, your, your sort of uh, deep rock galactic sort of. Yeah, I think so. I wonder. I wonder if there's a good challenge in making it more difficult to mine, like as closer to how difficult it actually is to like dig a tunnel through rock, where you're having to utilize dynamite and explosives and stuff to really dig it out further so it's instead of a just get your pickaxe and start banging away at the thing it's like no you know maybe maybe use the pickaxe for a while to sort of dig out a little cavern to shape the explosion but then it's drill a hole shove a stick of dynamite in there and run and then come back and pick up all the rubble (laughs) yeah what what i do like though is that it is it is that um that 1800s technology so like The drill is like a hand drill sort of thing. I'm oh, thinking yeah, this yeah. would actually work really well in VR. Okay. In in the way that, you know, a black and white, um, I played Wilson's Heart and that's got a lot of atmospheric sort of stuff. It's all in black mm. and white, but you really feel, you know, kind of, you know, you're in some sort of noir mystery and, yeah. you know, it adds to the, to the whole thing. I think the idea of it being, you know, a game where the, the way that you can literally show to show to the player, you have a keen eye for where gold is because you can literally see gold pop on the screen because it's the only thing that actually pops. Yeah. It's, it's almost that your character is um, also so, um, so focused on finding gold that anything that, that looks slightly like gold, like he's going to be able to, you know, pick that out instantly. Uh, do you get? Can you get uh, taken by like fool's gold? You come across. Does that look the same to you? Yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't have the same. Like you see the color, but it's like just a yellowy color. It's not as shiny. It's not. I like that. That can be a distraction then. That you find a vein of of fool's gold. What actually is fool's gold? was just a less um oh there you go it's pyrite it's an iron sulfide yeah simulating iron <laughs> there you go that's that perfect yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah no I, I like that and and so do you think this is just a single player game then or do you think there's something to be done here with i i think you can maybe have to- like a you know a satisfactory esque sort of multiplayer where you can have up to four people in co-op but the majority of the of the time it's it's just a single player sort of thing you're you're effectively trying to survive keep keep everything going and you know don't have that mind collapse yeah so we said survival are are we talking canaries um okay take the canary down in the cage and yeah you don't want to hit like gas pockets or you know you have yeah. to be able to get enough oxygen down there uh I, I guess are we talking full on like hunger and thirst style systems or i i think there is but it's not it's not to the point where you know it takes up the entire game yeah. play that it's you just- more that you can't spend three days down in the mine yeah <laughs> like you have to come you have up to, to come up to, to rest and eat stage. and yeah. yeah um i kind of like it- the Minecraft uh, day-night cycle mm. seems pretty good. Um, Just the you time. Spend a, you spend a lot of time in the day, yep. not much time at night, 
but yeah, you, and you, you can kind of- if you've built beds and stuff, you can you know sleep till the morning. Yeah, as long as you've protected yourself from the uh, gold goblins. No, <laughs> no, I think we keep. I think we stay away from that. You know the gold goblins didn't come to this earth until 1940. They're not here in the 1800s. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That that was the whole Roswell thing as well. That's, there's actually a gold vein under Roswell that uh, they mm-hmm. specifically Give crashed away all the secrets to- now. I told oh, you this shit, in yeah. confidence. I forgot that was under a gag order. God. Three to one click. Uh, never mind. You yeah. can't be trusted. Just escape. Yeah, cut out that last bit, Ben. That's a reminder to myself. All right, three, two, and click. Covered cheer. Interactive nuisance. Interactive nuisance. <laughs> um, Clippy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think have we we've done Clippy based games before, but we could do a Clippy. Where does covered cheer come into it? It's going to say, is this? A Clippy style AR helper. It's a VR game, and we essentially have a fake AR helper that comes up and helps you with conversations. So, does he know that you're in a VR game? No, 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 no. It's it's more as if within this world, you go. You, if you go out to the bar and like you meet someone and start talking to them then this fucking little thing will come up in the corner of your vision saying, hey, it looks like you're trying to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and it's implanted in everyone. Yeah. Or, maybe, yeah, or, or it's just like, or it's some sort of, this This is, here we go. This is where Covered Cheer kind of comes in. This is a, this is a world where extroversion is lauded, like is celebrated. Mm-hmm. And being an introvert is not acceptable. So, in other words, we are not accepted there. No, we would definitely have these implants. Basically, if you don't meet your conversation, of cro- your com- uh, yeah, your quota, conversation quota. Um, I really love how those two words just mash together. Conversation Convers- quota. Your conversation quota, exactly. If you don't meet your quota. Then, yeah, like, you've got a few strikes and then eventually you get implanted with this because, it's like, no, you need help being a social part of society, which is the only thing that matters. Um, okay. What I would love is if, you know, you hit your quota for the day and the Clippy-like character just, you know, has, like, a party popper and you sort of cheers and it's, like, it's the it's the... You know, the worst, the worst sort of celebration. But I'm imagining in game, they actually just release a whole heap of like, um, you know, happy chemicals. Endorphins or something. Endorphins and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like if you follow along. So it literally becomes like a drug. So like you're, it's your more of your incentive to Mm. (laughs) follow this. Okay. And so then is the gameplay essentially attempting to fight back against this, you know, essentially, like, controlling society. I think the AI, you get electrocuted or something like that, and the AI becomes self-aware in in your head and basically, you know, helps you 
sort of get out. Okay. Well, okay. I like the idea more of because I, I I like having to initially work around the the AI itself. Like you do have to participate in these conversations, and like it'll give you penalties if you are, if you only stick with the usual small talk, like or reuse the same um, questions or different things. So, so like literally the start of the game can be you know. You go to a bar and you have to end up talking to at least three people and we just essentially give the exposition of what's going on through the conversation and mm. through your little clippy thing of of why you have that and, and what for the society's like. And then, you know, yeah, you reach your quota, you can leave, you go home and I don't know whether you're then- talking to people online or doing other things that then sort of give you this idea of, oh, like there's actually this resistance against it mm-hmm. of people trying to trying to figure out how to get past it, how to hack it. What, what I kind of want is that you get to the end of the game and you've had this, you have, you grow this relationship with this cleric, uh, this clippy character um, to a point where, when the final choice comes, when you can either remove the implant and Clippy goes away forever. Yep. Or you keep the implant, but, like, it's doing some damage to you and you've only got a small amount of time left. But you get to spend mm. it with your with your new best friend who is, like, this <laughs> is this new self, self-aware, like, yeah. Clippy character. Like... The, the Clipster. I, because I, because I think that if if you played that right, it could be an agonising decision that you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to let this go. No, I like that. I, here's where, here's how I think it goes. You've got that exposition scene where you're just having to follow along. You've got this. You've got the scene at home where you start learning. Oh, there's there's like a resistance. There's people trying to hack this thing, and then someone. Either, either you find or in or like comes out through the chats or so, or maybe someone specifically sends it to you. It's there's a there's a hack for it, mm. and you can and and you do it basically. You hack your clippy, but yes, the result is that essentially it becomes more self aware to the point that and it, and it will now help you. Now, what I think you do here is you shift it up a bit. Part of the capabilities of this AI when it was in its, you know, just helping out introverts form, it can monitor people's emotions that you're talking to. It can understand what they're saying. And the idea was to help you give conversation. But now that it's working for you, you can fucking social engineer people. You're getting information about are they lying? You know, what, you know, different little micro expressions and stuff that it's reading on their face. Um to help you then- uh, effectively effectively you've turned it into like the D&D version of like sense motive sort of sort yeah. of things of you know you can you can now read people's emotions directly on their face because Clippy will actually say that guy's lying he just lied to your face you going to yeah. let that sl- are you going to let that slide <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's it i think you give it a real personality then it starts yeah it starts getting indignant about, about people um, doing the wrong thing to you well, I, I kind of like the idea that you know it's it's this thing where 
it's a it's a relationship sort of built up over time and whether it's a hack or yeah. whether it's you know something that accidentally happens to to your implant where it gets damaged somehow like you're maybe you're in an accident and and like you know when when they're shocking your heart back to life you know that's when it yeah or maybe it's a combination of the two yeah because i do like i do like the sort of you know underground cuz cuz actually i love the idea of an introvert resistance <laughs> because to break <laughs> they just out- stay in they they literally just stay inside like well no but i love that they they literally have to get out and and like talk to each other to organize i mean and I, this is obviously a extreme you know oh, stereotype yeah. of introverts that i'm talking about here but just in the general sense I mean, of he, he of you're talking to two introverts and they're recording episode 228 of their podcast like yeah it, yeah introverts it, can get out and do stuff of course <laughs> but if we're doing it in this sort of black and white version of this world you know polarized in that way uh that yes the the introverts having to to get out <laughs> you could potentially have it that like that it was the AI had actually got smart enough to protect, like, to essentially fool the introverts into thinking they were resisting because that would result in them getting out and meeting each other and having proper conversations. Oh. <laughs> like, the whole thing was a ruse the entire time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how you'd pull that off, but- uh <laughs> well, I, I swear, if Clippy was played by Ted Danson, he <laughs> he could he could pull it off because yes. because you know Ted Danson pulled off the best good place uh, the, style, good place yeah. style, <laughs> to, <laughs> like just laughs out of nowhere. It was great. Even, even without that twist, I think Ted Danson's a pretty good pull for the voice of Clippy in a game like oh, this. Oh hell yeah! And we're just saying Clippy, so everyone understands what Clippy is. No, you know, it what would have its own name. We don't want Microsoft to yeah. come after us for no. trademark violations, uh, especially given the stuff Clippy will be doing. What do you think this Clippy does during sex? Does it help with dirty talk? It looks like say- you're trying to please your partner. <laughs> say this. Go on. Say it. Who's, Ask a, her. who's a naughty boy? <laughs> Ask her if she wants it. Did you get consent? Ask her again. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's really cool, though. I like I like that. That'd be... That's fun. Okay. Three, two, one, movie. Three, two, one, movie. All right. So, this is where we, we get a random movie, an actual movie, but depending on whether we've seen it or not, or just how well it fits into a game design, we may either make, you know, the what would be the official movie to, uh, game tie-in for that movie, or we might just use the name or description as a prompt for a game. So, Trevor, what movie did you get? 2017's Arsenal. After the deadbeat brother of a businessman is assumed to be on his own, in on his own kidnapping, his sibling must take action to rescue him. Hmm. Okay, I got 2013's Stoker, which I've never heard of. It has Nicole Kidman in it. After India's father dies, her uncle Charlie, who she never knew existed, comes to live with her and her unstable mother. She comes to suspect this mysterious charming man has ulterior motives and becomes increasingly infatuated with him. Ooh, that's kind of like a, you know, uh, one of those thrillers, like hand the rocks to the cradle sort of, 
you bring a stranger into your into your life and you just don't know what's going on. I really like that. Mm. How could that work in a yeah, in a game setting? Even if we just yeah, just take that general that uh general idea of a stranger coming in with unknown yep. motives. Okay, so I suppose the question is do we do we want to do we see this as like a, a point and click adventure game or do we see this as like a hands on interactive adventure game? Because either way it's gonna be an adventure game, but I'm just I think it has to be first person, whether that's VR or not. Yeah. Because I feel like a big part of it is in the facial expressions. Yep. We'll have to have some good some good animation in there. Some good motion. And also and also just yeah, the just the general demeanor of someone like they walk into the room while you're doing something and say something and like you can if you do that in the right way, you can make it come across as maybe innocent, but also could be really creepy and weird. Yeah. And it really depends on the frame of mind that you're in. Like, oh, I'm trying to think of something that everyone would actually know rather than a friend's movie that he created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just mean setting up the the tone of it. Setting up the tone and basically, depending on your character state of mind depends on how they even you know react to to what's being said like if effectively you could you could actually have like a conversation with your with your sick mother and she says you know that uncle charlie or whatever his name was came in and um was was having a lovely yeah. conversation but then when she you know looked well, back like at wanted to make sure she he, she'd you know drank the the mix, you know, the the medicine that he'd get, got for her, yeah. And which, it, which, it kind if of- you suspect that he's trying to like kill her or keep her sick or something, then that's going to sound very different than if you think he's just innocently, tr- you know, trying to make sure she gets better. And I think you could actually play around with, you know, depending on the choices that you say to someone. Hmm. You know, you could almost get an idea as to what what the what the character what the player is actually thinking you know well, and basically moving the moving the needle to to like oh so you think you actually try to specifically change things to make them seem more sinister if you think that's the way the player is heading from what i from what i remember you can you can convey a lot of tone just with color like oh there yeah so all you have to do is you can say the same sentence but change the color grade just slightly and you will kind of instinctively take it in a different in a different way if it's ambivalent enough like you know it's like ambiguous enough i should say i very much like the idea of playing with that i wonder if you play with seeing scenes from multiple perspectives yep but keep the differences fairly subtle. So, yes, I think you have color grade differences, but I think you do alternate line reads. And obviously, you need quite a good, like, actors who are quite good. At emoting through voice. At emoting subtly through voice. So, they can keep the changes fairly subtle, but you can read the intent if you are in that state of mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's that you- 
have the characters relate it back and it sort of plays back in a memory or if you're literally like playing through the some of these scenes from the different you know either the maybe the daughter and the mother i don't think you want to play as the uncle charlie because i think obviously that's oh, no. who's in, that's whose intentions where we want to be ambiguous um i kind of like the idea that there's sort of like you three characters you've yeah. got you've got the mother you've got her daughter and then I yep. think you've got then her daughter. So, you've got the three generations. Okay. Seeing, um, you know. Oh, and then, but still Uncle Charlie's coming. And still Uncle Charlie. So, it's. Right. Um, you get so, that, it's the that sister, sort of- it's the brother of the sick mother, but her mother is also there. Well. Or the, or it's the grandmother that's sick. So, so I think it's, yeah, the, the grandmother is the sick mother. Then you've got. Oh, I see. Like. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so you've got three generations, but it's- But the, it's the, the mid-generation that the uncle's from, or the- No, the top. Oh, the top. So, it's the it's the mother's brother and his or brother niece in and law great niece. Sort of thing. So, maybe, maybe she's been estranged from her sister, and this guy comes in saying that he married into the family and all this sort of stuff, and she seems to remember a wedding that happened, but- like her sister, right. her sister had died quite a while ago, and you know, so it's yeah. It's I like not- that. Then I like okay, that's cool because I like the idea of of a scene where you're playing from the grandmother's point of view first, and she's looking at photos. Yep, from that wedding. Yep. And you, I don't think you've got any, like, real close-ups of the guy, but you've got enough. And you can see, like, oh, yeah, like, that's him. Yeah. But then you look at those same photos. Maybe it's not the same scene over again. Maybe it's just at a different point. You come across those photos as one of the other characters. And you notice and a scar that isn't there on well, the- Well, even- even- not even that. Even just that they've- it's changed slightly enough- that it's not obvious that it's him. They have similarities. Yeah. But it's enough to cast doubt. Yeah. And with the idea being that, like, the grandmother is essentially convincing herself or ha- or it's far enough in the past or, like- Confirmation yeah, bias sort of thing. She wants confirmation to- bias. She wants she, to believe. She wants to believe, so therefore it's, it's actually yeah. true. So, so, really, yeah, revealing that through these different perspectives in that way and not even signposting it necessarily for the player. Yeah, and each each year characters could already have a slightly different colour palette anyway. Yes, yes. On how yeah. they view the world. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm picturing that the, the, the grandmother slash mother character, you know, sees it through more Let's warm colour tones and- Audrey, yep, I like that. Just so we've got some names. Uh, daughter, Nicole. Sure. Like the, the youngest daughter. So oh, the, the youngest yep. daughter, yep. So the granddaughter think, of Audrey. And I think yep. Nicole's kind of got a more saturated, brighter yep. palette, to, at least to start with. Yeah, whereas um, I think the grandmother has like a, a warmth, but- also slightly but a bit sepia, more muted, yes. a bit more muted, yes. but still warm colours. Warm colours, yes. But then- Janet. Janet has sort of a coldish sort of- Yeah. It's like harsher colours, darker. But it comes from the fact that she was also in the military and has experienced war. I, I think- 
Yeah, you don't have to bring it in. I think but she's it's definitely like, had she's had trauma, right? Yeah. Like she's had a history that's made her somewhat bitter, somewhat jaded. So she's definitely the one who's most suspicious. I just love the idea of being able to go through, say, chapter one. You go through. You're you're playing as the as the older grandmother, and then chapter three, you come back to that same that same scene. As now but from a different the, perspective, the granddaughter, and you're seeing that scene play out as the granddaughter, and it it kind of plays out a little bit differently. But in this game, you can't go back and, and sort you of can't s- just compare them directly. No, you it's, have to it's kind relying of also you're relying also on the player's on your memory and own memory. And yes, yeah, I like that a lot of jumping around a bit so that you do see the, see those same scenes from different perspectives, but not immediately one after the other. Because then you can bring in a lot of subtle differences. No. So, it's sort of like, it's set up in different chapters. I'm thinking, you know, 15 chapters, I know it seems a lot, but it's basically five each. Five each. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, five chapters, it's effectively what, you, what you're what you doing is you're, you, you are actually playing through each of the five scenes three times. Yeah, Just probably. From different I think of you, view. you don't obviously necessarily have them start and end at the same point because you have different, you know, entry entrances and exits, exits, but you overlap at certain points with those other yep. stories. And then you have an epilogue that sort of, that sort of brings it all together as to, you know. So do you think though that you play, do you jump around between characters or do you play each character all the way through? I think you jump around a little bit between characters. And sort of whether you bring them, it may be that you sort of play through the first chapter and then you play through, you know, the next chapter and you start in a different place. But somewhere through that chapter, it's going to overlap with Uncle Charlie somewhere from that first scene. Well, so I think it's look, it going doesn't, forward in time. It doesn't have to even be even. I think it's in that, like, you could play. We can't always be going forward in time in that you need to overlap the scenes somewhat. Yeah. So, when, when I say when it's always going forward in time, I'm talking you about- You mean for a particular character. After th- after three chapters, it, it then goes forward in time and, right. you're, and you're now playing a different character each time. I mean, so much of that is going to come down to the writing, really. Like, you'd probably yep. have to shift that. Like, I could see it happening that, like, oh, for this time frame, you actually only end up playing- as two characters, because it only makes sense to show those perspectives. And then, like, in the midsection, or even that, like, you play Nicole's, you know, first chapter, and that's actually set three weeks into the main storyline. But then when you start Audrey's chapter, it's starting, you know, three weeks earlier than that. And so, it's not actually until the second Janet chapter that it overlaps with that first Audrey chapter. Do you know what I mean? So that you can kind of separate those out in time a bit as well. Yeah. And you uh, don't have to bring in Charlie for all of them. Like you could bring him no, in no, the middle. No, like mean- effectively you're going through, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking that Audrey's maybe got a little bit of dementia, that sort of stuff. So maybe you could play through, play that out throughout the game that, you know, you put something down, you turn away and you turn back and it's not there anymore. Sort of like you, you're almost giving that, that feeling. You can do a bit of that. I think particularly, I think you'd maybe want to keep that till late game. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely like playing with the, 
the players' perspectives what, what, and really what making them like think about their that you can you can put a little bit of it in, in there from the very start, but it's very subtle. So it's not like mm. it's nothing you know that needs to push the story along. It's not like you put down the remote and you need that remote to open up the garage door or something like that. Like yeah. you you sort of you put it down, then when you walk when you walk back in later on, it isn't where you left it, but you're no longer looking for that sort of thing. Like you're yeah. you're pushing the story along, but Essentially, if you notice think, it, things are actually I, sort yeah, of skewed. I, I think this is one of those games where you want people to play through it a second time knowing knowing things and and notice all of the subtle differences and to like watch videos of the same scene from those two different perspectives that in the game you you know there'd be an hour between them or something but of gameplay between them but when you see them side by side it's like oh like you notice all those differences uh so much more clearly yeah um i i i'm remembering this has got nothing to do with games but this is if when when we first watch too many cooks for the first time (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And how many things in that in that show or in that ten minute thing that just like the more that you watch it, the more that you go, holy shit! They put that in there from the very start. Do you know? And this is gonna seem like blasphemy. I don't think I've watched too many cooks twice. I think I've only watched it once ever. Okay, so after this, we're gonna watch it. <laughs> I've, sure. I've watched too many cooks so many goddamn times. It's just not funny. Like no. I, I love that. If you haven't watched too many cooks, watch it and then watch it again and try to um, have a look back through and go, oh my god! And it's yeah. all the way through. Yeah, yeah. All right. What let's are we doing do this time? Your turn. Something else. Uh, look, let's do another movie. Three to one movie. That one. That one came out really well. So. <laughs> 2010's Marmaduke. 2020, uh, 2013. I was going to say 2023. 2013's Concussion. Oh, I don't know that one. After a blow to the head, Abby decides she can't do it anymore. Her life just can't be only about the house, the kids, and the wife. She needs more. She needs to be Eleanor. Oh. Okay. That sounds, uh, heavy. What's yours? Uh, it's about a big-hearted, havoc-wreaking Great Dane called Marmaduke. Guess what? <laughs> Marmaduke has a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks there's a human. It's an Octodad-style game where you play a dog. Nah, I'm going to click again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ooh, 1986's The Hitcher. On a stormy night, young Jim, who transports a luxury car from Chicago to California to deliver to its owner, feeling te- sleep- tired and sleepy, picks up a mysterious hitchhiker who has appeared out of nowhere. Thinking that a good conversation will help him not to fall asleep, he will have enough time to deeply regret such an unmediated decision. Okay. And I got 1989's The Punisher. Dolph Lundgren stars as Frank Castle. Nice. Set in a set in a fun fun park, if I remember rightly. Is it I haven't actually seen it. Um wait till you see what fun park it is. Why? 
I believe it's Luna Park. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh my god, that's really funny. I seem to remember that it um Oh it's Sydney Harbour Luna Park though. Yes. Sydney's right. Luna Park. Sydney's Luna Park, okay. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. How cool is or that? Or at least it, it looks I don't think the whole movie was No, but it's part of it yeah. was filmed at, at Luna Park, so Oh, okay. It was, the, uh, it was all filmed in in Australia, set in Seattle. But yes, okay. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Uh, there's like people from a country practice and stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Shoot out at Coney Island, which was actually Sydney Harbour Luna Park. <laughs> um, I like the idea of, of like a Punisher style game. Well, you're playing the Punisher, but... Everything kind of feels cardboardy, like and okay. not, not quite not quite real. So it's got you know cheap effects effectively, and <laughs> I do like the idea of somehow intentionally making a game feel like a nineteen eighty nine movie with its like just with the way the effects work. Yep. You occasionally see like stunt people get back up and. <laughs> Whether it's like that or whether it's just like that that effect didn't look quite right and you're you're maybe playing um playing the lead actor or you or you're playing an extra. I guess it's how hard how do you make it not just look like a shitty like I think there's actually a lot of artistry to go into making it look like a shitty movie shitty movie effects versus just shitty game effects. Yeah. Okay. Amazing game effects, but the the, the fact that they look like a movie effect. That's how that's I how love, you do it. Okay, I what one thing I really love the, is slight mistimings between guns going off and the squibs going off. Yeah. As you shoot people. Huge like over the top flips and stuff with explosions. Uh you know, you always got like the one person that's just like thrown up into the air. Oh. It it's got like an 80s synth soundtrack. Yeah, that's of how course. you know that it's the eighties because it's it's got neon everywhere. So, is this actually the Punisher then, or is this just we'll just do generic eighties action? I think generic eighties action because I yeah. don't know enough about eighty nine's Punisher. I know that Dolph Lundgren's in it, and maybe that's where we sort of go. Well, we're going to actually cast Dolph Lundgren as as like the lead actor in this. Alright. Uh yeah, we cast got Dolph Lundgren. Are you playing as Dolph Lundgren then? I think you I think you kinda I think it's gonna be hard to do this from another perspective. Yeah, okay. I think I think Or unless you're his sidekick or something. Ooh, I know. You play his stunt double. <laughs> How do you structure this from a game? I mean obviously it needs to be Clear. I do like the idea of a essentially kind of like that game Stuntman. Was it Stuntman? Where it was. I was actually. All that was in my head was that game Pain from the PS3 era that you used yeah, to have. Yeah. I remember we had a good time with that like once, one day. Um, it's definitely stuck in our heads. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was thinking no more because that was just very much physics based violence. I think this is more a shooter. Uh, but along the lines of you can like do a run 
and you can, you know, you might do reasonably well during that run, but it's like, oh, I want to try to get a better score. And so it's just like, it's a reshoot. It's, you just do, you just run it again. And the director goes, no, we need another one. Ooh, now, now I'm, now I'm picturing that you can like during a fight sequence, you know, you're having to hit the block and the punch and the kick at, at the right time and do all that sort of stuff. Um, because you know, it's all about the choreography. Yeah, I think you need to. You could you could do it in that way with quick time events, and like well, you just I'm, have to I'm make minimal mistakes. Like, or I'm thinking it's like the music sort of thing that you know, if you know, you you hit the other stunt guy in the eye, and he he's now annoyed, so he's kind of changing up the timing slightly. It's all about. Well, <laughs> I I think I'd want to try though to bring it into an actual fight system, not just sort of you know, play through it's play through specific inputs, but you could do it that like in a similar way to say Batman Arkham games where, you know, the little flashing thing comes above the head. And if you hit Y, you'll block or whatever. Mm -hmm. You essentially have timing windows to block or, you know, to be able to hit them or whatever. And if you go slightly outside of that timing window, it actually just messes the scene up slightly. Like, yeah, you might accidentally actually hit the stunt double in the face when you were spoke like you were supposed to pull your punch, um, so then, so then he's now throwing punches like trying to hit you. So if you don't hit your block, then you're going to get hit in the face as well. Yeah, maybe. You- and you can like you can bring it back. Maybe you've even got a little meter of like how far off the actual choreography you are. But what it actually comes down to is you playing the game well, like you actually fighting well, and you- so you're not you're not doing set moves, but it's more the more mistakes you make. The closer you are to screwing up the scene, and yet you yep. can have things like it, act, you know, you actually hit the stunt double, or it's just a complete swing and a miss because the because the stunt double's doing a different choreography and it just looks terrible. And you and hear there's the only so much go, you can fit in post. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, you dying like your health running out. There's naturally no health. It's just that meter of the qu- scene quality reaches a low enough point that the director calls cut. Yep. Um, and Dolph Lundgren looks at you disappointed. Yeah, yeah. He's essentially, he's always there, like, off to the side, watching you do your your, your scenes. And then, so, in between, do you get Dolph Lundgren coming in to do, like, the dramatic, <laughs> like, the dialogue scenes and stuff? I kind of like the idea that, you know, he's decided that he doesn't want to do all the action stuff anymore. He's just yeah, going to- he's trying to- do a turn as, as like a dramatic actor, dramatic, yeah. While doing an action movie, um, and you know, anytime that he can call for the stunt guy, and you know, he basically does. But he's watching, he's watching you, and anytime that you fail a scene, he goes, "My character wouldn't punch like that. My character <laughs> would be on time and do this." And yeah, he's getting critiques from from Dolph the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, I think you've got. So, the game I was bringing up before, I think it was Stuntman, where essentially you you just had to hit marks at the right time, but you had, like, buildings falling down around you and stuff, and you had to do, you know, you have to come here and then do, like, a fucking handbrake turn and yeah. reverse up here or whatever. I, I'm picturing that there will be things. a driving section in so the So, I think, yeah, I think you have driving sections, but I think you take that same sort of idea of, like, okay, you've got a shooting section 
for good chunks of it, you can just be sh- taking out bad guys. And obviously, if you are getting hit, like, again, the scene's going to look bad if you get hit too many times. But at certain points, you do have marks you need to hit. It's like, you need to get over to this point by a certain time because the big explosion is going to go off over here. Uh, and it's these sort of these big setups. Um, and maybe you have to, like, you know, shoot the, the tar- a particular target or a particular person or something, or like they're holding someone hostage and you have to like do that perfect shot to hit them in the head over their shoulder or whatever within a certain time frame. Like you've got these, these moments, whereas the rest of the time it's sort of somewhat standard shooter ish with, you know, the director yelling things out the whole time. And, and yes, like <laughs> you shoot someone and if you're at the right angle, you'll see them like, fall down onto a mat behind them. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not, like, the camera won't see that, but you might. Oh, I just love the idea that you're running through, like, an office and you look off to the side just after you've kicked someone off to the side. And if you happen to turn around in first person, you see them land on the mat, get up and walk away sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah. I'm picturing one of the scenes, you're actually running through an office building, you jump out and you grab hold of a helicopter. But... um the idea is that if you jump out and the helicopter isn't quite there at the right time, you know, just before you hit the blades, they sort of, they yell cut and you got to get dangled on the, um... <laughs> I, do, I do really like that idea of, of, yeah, like jumping out a window or, yeah, trying to hit the helicopter, but you don't get the timing right. And then, yes, yeah, so all of a sudden... You look if you look up in your character, you'll see like the the harness, the ropes from the harness that that uh, previously you couldn't see because I think it does cut to sort of oh yeah I think when I think when Color you're actually playing changes, like yeah when you're actually playing it's like you mostly you feel like you're in the movie even though you do still see you know some of the the side things and the missed time squibs and stuff but um, yeah you'll yeah when they, when it yells cut yes. It, it's, do you think shoot, it switches shoot, out shoot. of like cinematic mode squid, like squid, you, squid. The, the black bars go, around, go away <laughs> there's just something about that well, maybe shoot, that shoot, can even... shoot and then two seconds later squib 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 well that could <laughs> like... even come down to something like again like if you've been hit like four times in a row and so you're really close to failing this scene you actually up the difference between the firing and the squibs going off because, like, that's how far off the mark you are. Yeah. Um, so, yes, you might hit them, but it takes, yeah, two seconds before it, <laughs> before it goes off. Uh, and then at the end of any failed scene, it's like, you just cost this production $17 million for having to do this again. <laughs> and basically you get to the end and it, and it totals up this comes out of your pay <laughs> yeah you, you, you catch the end you get to the final budget of the movie and you owe uh, the movie 32 million dollars or or at least just it's like this movie's not going to make its money back so you don't get anything on residuals or whatever it is i kind of like the idea that you know if you if if you were speed running the game any percent is basically you don't owe any money to the um right don't owe yeah. any money but you didn't necessarily get any money back and your 100% is you you made all your all the money that you were promised in the in the initial contract so that must is that just like hitting every scene perfectly the first every time every scene perfect basically yeah. yeah that's cool i that's really fun three time something what would you like to go over to? Up to you. 
Really? It's up to me. Sup to you. Ben. What three words? All right, we're doing them all tonight. Yeah, why not? Knuckles reconfirmed microcomputer. Hmm. So microcomputer definitely, again, makes me think of the 80s. Yeah, BBC Micro. Yeah, Granny's exactly. Garden. <laughs> Granny's Garden. Don't we have talked any. about this before. Oregon Trail, what- maybe. Did we have Oregon Trail on there? No, no. I mean, we, we, we had... It was all Granny's Garden for us. It was all Granny's Garden. And bear in mind that we're talking 80s, but we experienced Granny the, the wonder that is Granny's Garden in the 90s because our school was so poor that they still had BBC Micros in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I guess was that at... Were we still playing that? Because I definitely played that, that in primary school as well, though. So, I didn't. But yeah, I, I, guess, I played around with okay. Logo a lot on an Apple IIe. <laughs> Yep. yep. God damn, I love Logo. Logo was so cool. That's where I learned about <laughs> angles and all that sort of bullshit. So, we said it in the 80s. Yeah. At least. It's got something to do with microcomputers. Knuckles and reconfirmed. So, Knuckles, I'm I'm seeing this, rather than being the Sonic character, Knuckles, I'm yeah. seeing this as like something an 80s pump- hacker who keeps on cracking his knuckles. That's his- Oh, cracking the knuckles. All right. And that's him reconfirming- his power as skills. Like, I can do this. Crack thirty-two board modem, hacking away. You know, I'm, it's like war I'm, games. You I'm like getting, I'm the, getting war games put on a BBC yeah. micro. <laughs> yeah, you've got with the a shitty, mo- with you've a got shitty the modem, modem that you like. Put the handset of the phone onto. Yes, it's like freakers <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Like, okay. 80s is- hacking game. I'm, I'm loving this already. I'm just loving the, the feel of this of this thing. Now, now, to move away from the obvious, because we've done a lot of sort of hacking style games, is this an 80s hacking game where there's not actually any hacking as part of the gameplay in that it's not around- <laughs> Press E to hack. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's not around being on the computer and doing natural hacking. It's more around the characters involved and- Obviously, there is hacking involved and your character hacks things, but the gameplay isn't, you know, bounce things. Can, I mean, what, I don't even know. Like, like you said, it is, in that day, it, it, there was no internet. It was more around, you know, freaking and oh, stuff oh, where yeah. you'd be and, and- using tones to, like, trick automated systems and- Social engineering and I, I see this as kind of almost a um, a prequel to the to the awesome Sandra Bullock movie, The Net. The Net. This is yeah. called the Bulletin Board. The BBS. Yeah. The BBS. The Bulletin Board system, um, and it's all about you got onto the wrong BBS. Ooh, you dialed one number. You dialed one number incorrectly. One number incorrectly, and and now you feel like you're being chased. By- <laughs> instead of getting onto yeah, instead of finding shareware games and uh, Simpsons quotes, well, it wouldn't be Simpsons quotes. It was it was no. Simpsons quotes for a while there. Tom and Jerry 90s. quotes. There you go. Tom and Jerry quotes. Flintstones quotes. Um, <clears throat> what did they quote before the Simpsons? There was nothing, right? The honeymooners. Nothing to quote. I love Lucy. Download full episodes. The Jetsons. <laughs> The Jetsons, yeah. Okay, but that does okay. That does shift it back a bit more to bringing in some of the mid eighties. Yeah, 
yeah, well, but gameplay-wise, into bringing a bit more of this sort of on-the-computer stuff. Like, what I was kind of saying is, like, maybe you don't have a lot of the on-the-computer stuff, well, even though it's set in that time. you don't necessarily have to have the, the what-on-the-computer stuff there. You can sort of then have, you know, the whole thing is that he feels like he's being followed. You don't necessarily have to yeah, have okay. him being followed. I guess you wouldn't have to have a lot of- I guess you wouldn't have to have a lot of that. I, I think, though, if you're doing that, you definitely want to have some scenes where you're seeing the, like- characters show up of the you know ascii art as you log into the bbs there's just something about like he's typing a whole heap of things and you see his fingers flying all over the keyboard and you just see l o nothing changes the variable speed of of the characters coming up as they actually like make it across the yeah the 300 board modem or whatever it is oh actually that's cool because i'm just wondering is our hacker like a guy who t- who types with two fingers, and and so he's literally just typing in the number with one finger. I think maybe he's like a fourteen year old kid, so he's not so, doing yeah. the whole touch typing thing. And no, of, pff, he's just going. <laughs> he's actually pressing the buttons. Really, maybe really, it's even a kid really, really accidentally. Slowly. Maybe it's even a kid accidentally finding their way into hacking and freaking via this bbs that they accidentally connected to um but then after they've been in there a while and they're starting to try out some of these techniques they get that little message coming up that the sysop wants to talk to them (laughs) but dreaded sysop yeah but then like the sysop is super creepy and like makes them think that they're after him uh, and knows stuff about him that sh- they shouldn't know just from what he's put into the BBS. Mm-hmm. And that's that does lead more to external stuff outside of the computer itself. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, what other sort of gameplay are you sort of seeing? Is this a 2D platformer? <laughs> <laughs> just to keep in like with the style of games at the time. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of a 2D platformer, but it's not like most of the gameplay isn't platforming. It's like, it's still essentially an adventure game, but all of your movement is in 2D platformer style. So like you're at your house and it's just like a side scrolling room and you can like bounce up onto the bed and down um, (laughs) and you can go over and use the computer. And that's when you get like your BBS screen. Um, But then it's like, oh shit, like I need to go over to my friend's house and tell him what's going on. And so, like, you go out the door and you're going along the street and it's all, like, platformer gameplay to just get over to your friend's place. hmm You know, even with enemies and bouncing on things, but they're sort of just completely incongruous to the, this actual sort of serious, more serious story going on. So, yeah, that's that's kind of fun, just for the, just for the fun of it, just to keep with the aesthetic. It looks like an old Apogee game. Yeah. If you try to go the wrong direction- like, if you don't go to your friend's place and there's, like, a sign, there's a sign that points to, you know, go into the city or something. It comes up with a, a shareware screen that says, like, buy episodes two and three to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, cool. I like that. That's, yeah. And then I think you just, you know, you resolve it. You resolve the story. We can't do everything and come up with the climax. Jeez. Do you think um, do you think someone is after them, or do you think it's just another fourteen? It turns out to be just another fourteen-year-old kid, just another fourteen-year-old who um, you know, just runs this BBS. Yeah, 
But what what you're seeing, you know, what seems to be following you is, you know, guys in black suits and all this sort of stuff is literally just businessmen in black suits and they just happen yeah. to be yeah. going to just work. Just playing with perspective again, like in our earlier one. Yeah. Cool. I think we've got time for one more. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? All right. Uh, Trevor, what three words? Lingo, bugle, jiggle. Lingo, bugle, jiggle. That's my bugle sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, bugle makes me think of... The of, army. No, I was more thinking like the... Um, the daily the king, bugle. Kings and and medieval, like the jesters and... I don't know, the, the king's court. Okay. I feel like yep. there's like bugle players, you know, announcing the the king coming out or something. I wonder whether we can take jiggle as juggle, oh. and then you got a jester. Yeah, I like a I like a jester. Is this a sequel to our old like jester assassin game? I don't remember that one. It's going back <laughs> too far. My mind isn't just my mind isn't ready for that. No, um, no, we don't we don't have to do that. Um... What was your other, what was your third word? Jiggle. No, no. Well, what was your first Lingo. word? Lingo. Okay. Is this around like the secret world of jesters? Like all the way jesters speak to each other and what they go home to or like what they what their life is like outside of the court. <laughs> I'm just imagining they go home and, and they're um you know, their their wife and children are all dressed in jester outfits and all this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, the, they all wear the hats with the bells on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think I think they speak very normally and, like, there's no, there's no like, funny business at home. It's just that the, you don't even they're all dressed yeah. in the, um, like, no one comments on the fact that they're all dressed like jesters. Yeah. And they're just having normal conversations. But then when he goes into court, you know, he's, he's put on the funny voices, hey, hey, kind of like a clown, but then yeah. goes home and it's very serious. Yeah. But offset by the fact that any time anyone turns their head, you hear the little bells jingle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you have like these really serious conversations uh, where like, you know, you have to you have to break the news to your to your wife that you haven't been doing a good enough job and the king is going to take one of your children or something uh to be to be his ward and be grown up you know brought up in the in the town because you're not doing a good enough job and so you have this really heartbreaking scene and your wife's there just sobbing but like with every sob the j- the bells jingle a little bit oh god <laughs> i'm just i'm just imagine just imagining that you know he he thinks he's as he, as he's talking he thinks oh maybe maybe I'll just say maybe I'll say to her no 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 I jest I jest like <laughs> <laughs> and it's all it's all about you know trying to make her feel and better she's like you will not well enough apparently <laughs> um, she turns to to leave the room in a huff and the bells just. I mean, one of the things that we've learnt through doing improv that status is a is a very important thing within within a scene. Within I'm a just imagining yeah. having to play like a jester where you actually have to give you know status to the king and all this sort of stuff, and if you don't revere him well enough, you know he. Mm. 
Yeah, that's interesting. You could definitely have some scenes there where it's, you know, essentially just comes down to dialogue choices and stuff, but you have to make sure that, yeah, that you are subservient enough, essentially, that mm. you are, are keeping him happy. I'm imagining some of these conversations is sort of like he, he pulls you aside and says, well, Lewis, you know, you've been my faithful jester here for many years, and I've always valued your your... Japery. You're Japery. I I'd like to know what you think I'm how well you think I'm doing as king. <laughs> and you tell yeah. him the truth and he goes, "Well, I never." I, you Off know, with your head. Off like, with one of your tassels. I'm taking this. <laughs> I'm going to take one of your bells. So you, you can have a back at the end of the jangle. day. You'll jingle when you go to the left and nothing when you go to the right. You'll just be dead. Jingle no more. You and your jingle jangle all the time, Lewis. Now it's just going to be jingle. And I will laugh in the gap where a jingle would have been. Jingle. (laughs) There was no jingle. So I do love that idea, though, of... You have to like <laughs> you set up you set up these jokes and you give the player the option of multiple punchlines and the f- and like the funniest one cannot be used because the funniest one is always at expense of the king yeah. or of the court in some way and so it's this it's this really it's 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 this horrifying decision every time to make a less funny joke. I mean, you, you're going through through the. Um through the options of what rhymes with thing king damn it damn it is like it's the first thing you think of and it's all these things that are just nasty to the king and then you've got like this horrible one that is talks about you know like spring a spring the spring or the spring like the season the spring yeah yeah, yeah I, like, I like that you really set up yeah, you set up the player where you give them a number of punchlines and all of them have a great rhyme that they cannot <laughs> use without getting executed, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking that there's, like, a line where it says something in between, which, of course, rhymes with queen, and, you're like, everything that comes up is, like, really, really... Dirty nasty and, and dirty like, about the queen i was like no yeah, yeah you give them like four good punchlines about the queen <laughs> and then the last one has to be about steam it's not even a good rhyme <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's good and so is do, i i think then the king does take your child as as their water you trying to like win them back or is that just a, a dramatic moment in this i think it's just a dramatic you- moment and now it's like what does what does the family do now that they're having it's to- like it's like papers please in that every time you finish a shift it's like the king has taken another one of your children because you're not doing well enough bump 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 <laughs> <laughs> you have God. to choose between feeding yourselves and having your children go off to live in the, the castle. Okay. Well, I think that's about it for tonight. I think that might do that it. The hour went really quickly. Yeah, it always does, buddy. Uh, if you want to 
find us online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. We'd really love that. Uh, and hey, share it on your socials and tell other people what you thought. Because we that'd just be great. That'd be cool. If you like our opening theme and our closing theme, you can you can find that song, Mount Defiance, on the album Containment Failure by the awesome band Corridust. Yeah, if we do say so ourselves. <laughs> just little disclaimer, I played bass. Ben sang on the rest of the album, not on that song, because, like... Because it's no... Well, mostly well, no there, vocals. There is, there is some vocals, but it's done by our guitarist. Yes. And good friend. So, thank... So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. It looks like you're trying to end a podcast. Would you like some help? Yes, please.
Oh, yeah, there you go. There's got to be something there. It looks like you're trying to end a podcast. Would you like some help? There you go. That's the one.